Saluten from Tibirabo. This is Russia multilateral update from the 11th of July 2023. A summary of what's going down in the world's major multilateral institutions. On Thursday, the 6th of July, the UN condemned Israel, criticizing its excessive use of force in a major military operation targeting a refugee camp in the West Bank. The condemnation comes amid ongoing Israeli Palestinian violence and heightened tensions in the region. UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez expressed his anger over the impact of the Israeli attack on the Jenin refugee camp. The attack injured 100 civilians and displaced thousands, damaged infrastructure, and obstructed medical care and humanitarian access. Gutierrez called on Israel to abide by international law, exercise restraint, and use proportional force. He emphasized that airstrikes were inconsistent with law enforcement operations and reminded Israel of its responsibility as an occupying power to protect civilians. Moving on to another continent, a joint African Union, or AU, and Comeza team visiting Zimbabwe have commended the country's preparedness for the upcoming harmonized elections. They have praised Zimbabwe for the absence of politically motivated violence, reflecting a positive shift from the past. Led by Ambassador William Awinador Kanidige, The delegation said that Zimbabwe is ready to demonstrate democracy at its highest level during the forthcoming polls. The team emphasized the significance of Zimbabwe's peaceful and well-conducted election, not just for the countries, but also for the region and the wider African continent. An observer mission will be deployed next month to monitor the elections. On the 5th of July, Interpol announced the arrest of an alleged senior member of the hacker group Opera One ER in a joint operation called Operation Nervone. The group was under different code names, such as Desktop Group and Common Raven, and has been active for over four years, targeting financial institutions and mobile banking services. They used malware, phishing campaigns, and business email compromise scams to steal an estimated 11 to 30 million US dollars in more than 30 attacks across 15 countries. Interpol supported Operation Nervone, which led to the arrest of a key suspect in Cote d'Ivoire. The cybersecurity firm Group IB played a crucial role in identifying the group's activities and linking them to spear phishing emails and compromised systems. Opera One ER had access to the Swift interface and used various payloads to compromise systems. They withdrew stolen funds through an extensive network of ADMs. On that note about technology, the United Nations Security Council, under the presidency of the United Kingdom, will convene a historic meeting to address artificial intelligence, or AI's, potential threats against international peace and security. The meeting, scheduled for the 18th of July, will focus on the risks associated with AI, such as its possible use in autonomous weapons. UK Ambassador Barbara Woodward emphasized the need for a global effort in managing the opportunities and risks of AI. While acknowledging the tremendous benefits of AI, such as providing humanitarian aid and helping in peacekeeping operations, Woodward highlighted the importance of addressing the serious security concerns associated with this technology. The meeting will feature briefings by international AI experts and Antonio Gutierrez, the Secretary General who has previously warned about the threats AI poses. The UK intends to facilitate a multilateral approach to tackle the challenges and opportunities presented by AI. On Wednesday the 5th, The presidents of Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay 
signed a joint communique at the 62nd Summit of Mercosur and Associated States, held in Puerto Iguazú. The communique reaffirmed their commitment to democracy, the rule of law, and human rights, and emphasized the importance of strengthening the bloc's economic, social, and cultural agenda. The presidents also discussed the need to modernize Mercosur, including the flexibilization and modernization of the regional bloc. However, despite attending the meeting, President Luis Lacalle Pou of Uruguay did not sign the document. He believes that the communique lacks important elements necessary for the flexibility and modernization of the bloc. He expressed his oppositions to Venezuela's return as an associate state and urged the Mercosur members to take a clear stance on Venezuela's path to democracy. Of course, this can be interpreted as part of Uruguay's opening towards China, ignoring warnings from neighbors about possible legal and trade action if Montevideo negotiates outside the bloc. Rafael Mariano Grossi, the head of the UN Nuclear Agency, is pushing for access to the roof of Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant following reports that Russian soldiers placed explosives there. Russia sees the plan in 2022 raising concerns about a potential nuclear disaster. The International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, has been granted limited access due to security concerns, according to Moscow. Grossi stated that progress has been made with partial access, but some restrictions remain. The IAEA has repeatedly warned about the possibility of nuclear catastrophe, similar to Chernobyl. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that Russian troops placed objects resembling explosives on the roof of the plant as part of a false flag operation. The IAEA has conducted simulations to assess the potential environmental impact of an explosion. The agency has stationed officials at the plant, which is still operated by Ukrainian personnel. NATO leaders will gather in Vilnius on the 11th and 12th for their fourth summit since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Leaders will talk about Ukraine's membership bid, Sweden's accession, the bolstering of ammunition stockpiles, and the reviewing of defense plans. While Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky seeks a NATO invitation for Kyiv, Secretary General Zen Stoltenberg has made it clear that formal membership will not be offered at the summit. The alliance is divided over the timeline for Ukraine's accession with some countries supporting a skip of the membership action plan. Leaders will also talk about other key issues such as security assurances for Ukraine, upgrading NATO's eastern flank, and increasing military spending to meet the 2% target of each member's GDP. Turkey seems to have finally given the green light for Sweden's membership in the alliance, as Jens Stoltenberg tweeted during the first day of the summit. During the Fourth Lake Chad Governors Forum meeting in Jamena, Chad, on Thursday the 6th of July, The World Bank announced that it's provided $1 billion to help those affected by the conflict in the region. The funds have been dispersed among Chad, Cameroon, Niger, and Nigeria to revitalize economic development, create jobs, and support the recovery of livelihoods in the affected countries. The region is facing a lot of challenges, including the ongoing insurgency, which has resulted in displacement, damage to social structures, interrupted public services, and weakened institutional capacities. The World Bank's zero-interest loan from the International Development Association has focused on two key regional development priorities, reducing vulnerability in Lake Chad communities and promoting cross-border economic activity in sectors such as agriculture, energy, transport, and regional trade. The Regional Stability Program and the Lake Chad Basin Commission's efforts aim to address security challenges and promote sustainable recovery in the region. The initiatives emphasize the comprehensive and coordinated approach to stabilization, recovery, and resilience in the area. And to close this edition, 
the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, has announced that the executive board's meeting in Pakistan will take place on the 12th of July. This meeting comes after Pakistan secured the crucial $3 billion standby arrangement, or SBA, from the IMF, providing the country with much-needed financial support and helping to avert a potential default. The agreement on the SBA is now pending the IMF executive board's approval. The previous extended fund facility expired on the 30th of June, with several reviews still pending. In case you couldn't listen to our previous update, we have one new show, the Rorschach Ocean Update, about 70% of Earth's surface covered in salt water. Intrigued? Listen to it in your podcast favorite app. You can also check out our country updates to see what's going on in the rest of the world. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.